All right, so I'm watching Raw. The first segment just ended. What we've gone through so far is the video package detailing what happened to Braun at the pay-per-view last night. Then Big Cass has cut a promo, did a pretty good job, and then Big Show came out and interrupted it. So then you got the good visual of somebody actually being the same height of Big Show, which is very rare. So that was a spectacle in and of itself. But now they're obviously going to have some sort of program between Big Cass and Big Show, which is a little bit ridiculous. They both have Big as the first part of their name. I'm not sure how good those matches are going to be, but I guess Big Show is trying to prove me wrong by trying to engage in chain wrestling and his very small skirmish with uh, Big Cass. But Big Cass did cut a pretty good promo. I'm excited that he's getting pushed because he's been around for a long time and I think he can do a lot better than being in a comedy tag team. And now it's the first commercial, so I'm going to try to fast forward and I'll catch up with you in the next segment. So this next segment finished the Finn versus Elias match. It was pretty competitive. Uh, Finn does end up winning. At some point in the match, uh, Elias slammed Finn's arm on the apron. And then so he was selling this epic injury to his arm for the rest of the match. It was pretty amusing because he does the bullet club taunt where he pretends to shoot you. And he usually does it, every other time I've seen it, he's done it with both arms, but this time because of that shoulder injury he was selling, he only did it with one. So it was a pretty nice touch. Um, I was excited to see him win. Uh, it seems like Booker is really hyping up Elias and even Corey in the match, who has been pretty dedicated to hating Elias, was talking about what a, a great what a great competitor he was, so maybe they're going to do something even bigger with him. His match with Finn was incredibly competitive, and it used to be that Finn used to be, you know, unstoppable. He's the first Universal Champion. I guess they're going to do a lot with him. I'm not exactly sure where Finn's going at this point. He's kind of been cast aside. He's, I'm not even sure if he's going to be near the main event for a long, long time, so it's kind of sad for Finn, but he kind of got injured at the wrong time. And then at the very end of the segment, Matt is Matt Hardy is kind of sneaking up on Finn Balor. It was kind of strange, but he was just out there for his match uh, or segment or talking segment. I'm not exactly sure what's going to happen as it ended with them in the ring. And so I'll see you at the next segment. So the last match ended an incredibly shocking fashion with Bullet Club winning, which I did not see coming. So it's actually leading me to believe they might really be doing the broken gimmick since they referenced it so many times. And it seems like they're taking the Hardys to like their lowest point, which is even more compounded by what happened in the next segment but how this match ended is just the magic killer which seems to me kind of funny because it's this blatant double team move that is how they win every match i guess it's just how tag teams have always done it but it's just kind of funny they used to like at the very least you would like try to have your own singles finishers but they just have this one double team finisher so they do magic killer from bullet club on Matt, Jeff Hardy's trying to get over to him, but he's a little bit too late and can't break up the pen. 
So they lose to Bullet Club, which is a little bit ridiculous. I never would have saw that coming. So Bullet Club's leaving, and then all of a sudden Revival comes out. And Revival comes out, they look at Bullet Club, but then just run to the ring and start beating up the Hardys. And then after they beat up the Hardys, they hug. And that's it for the segment. So after the bull, after Revival beats up the Hardys, they can't win the tag team titles. They're probably out of tag team title contention. They just lost all these matches. So maybe they're supposed to come to some point that's so low that they both go crazy and become um, King Matt or I'm not even sure what the name of his... I forgot the name of his character, Broken Matt Hardy and uh, Brother Nero, Obsolete Mule. Maybe they're going to become that because of how... They're going to hit rock bottom and then change their gimmick. I don't know. We'll we'll see. I'm, I'm not sure if that's what they're going to do or not. But I guess it'd be easier to do that than have... I'm not sure if they're just going to have all those skits that they had in um, TNA. That's what I'm kind of worried about is I really don't want to watch any of those skits in WWE. But we'll see. I'm sure WWE will... I don't know. Who knows what they're going to do. But maybe that's what they're where they're going. I hope not. I would, I would rather they just kind of um, not do that. But I'm probably in the minority there. And I'll, um, so that's the end of that segment. This segment was a Miz TV segment. It was pretty good. I'd say a solid A plus. The crowd seemed really into it. They were actually giving, maybe I just am bad at hearing crowd reactions, but it seemed to be a lot of positive reaction to it. They finished when Miz said it was, he was having them watch the most TV show in history. They finished Miz TV before he could say it. They chanted, you deserve it, to Bo and Curtis when Miz gave them these fake little awards because it was called the Mizzies instead of like, the Slammies or the Oscars. They were making fun of it. They were pretending it was the Oscars. They even did the gag where he would read the wrong name, which um, to give an award to himself, he read Dean Ambrose, but then that was a mistake and it was really going to The Miz. It was a pretty funny segment. Curtis and Bo um, were funny enough in their segment. Maurice was very funny. She always is pretty funny. She acted, uh, she's waiting for a really long, drawn out explanation of Miz building up to who he was going to give the leading lady award to which he just kept describing how beautiful, gorgeous, and sexy the person who was going to win was and then she just kind of looked with this kind of uh, disinterested expression you know, just like she's just doing her job and then when she heard that it was her name who won, acted as completely shocked like she couldn't believe that she had won an award that was just pretty humorous um, and then Miz was always always great. Miz kind of took time to make fun of all the baby faces in the pay-per-view who lost, of which there were many, but he specifically made fun of Tazawa, uh, Seth Rollins, and the Hardy Boys. So at the end of the segment, Dean comes out, uh, starts attacking the Miz, the um, Bo and Curtis team up on him, uh, drag him away, and then out of nowhere, Seth Rollins is there, um, beating up Bowen uh, Curtis to save Dean. Now they cut off before you could see Dean and Seth interact, which is kind of disappointing because I want to know what Dean thinks about Seth saving him. Also, Seth probably only came out because Miz specifically made fun of him 
and Seth is kind of deserving to be ridiculed. He's pretty irritating, so I was happy that Miz had done that. But I do want to, I wish I could have seen, I am still invested very heavily in the whole S.H.I.E.L.D. drama. I don't think I'll ever get over it. So I would have wanted to see how Dean reacted to it. So I'm kind of jealous of the people who are in the crowd because they got to see that, if Dean did anything. Um, but they cut away, so they didn't get to see that on TV. Then they started doing video packages, and now the next thing that's going to happen is they say Bailey and Sasha are going to have a match against Naya. And then I forgot who they said Naya's partner was. I'm betting it's Alexa, but I don't know for sure. So that'll be interesting. I feel like Bailey's going to turn heel. Maybe not in the next segment that's going to come up, but at some point, I think Bailey's going to turn on Sasha. But we'll see. If it happens in the next segment, I just wanted to make sure that I had said it before it actually happens. So that's the end of, of this segment. I think it might be the target audience for WWE because I was complaining that they hadn't shown Dean's reaction to Seth helping him. And then the next, after the commercial break, it opens with Seth walking in the back and then Dean comes up to him and they have their interaction. So, and it's also exactly the sort of re reaction I would want Dean to have had or expected him to have of anger. And he tells Seth that he knows him and doesn't trust him. He doesn't know why Seth would have come out. And then it actually is pretty great. So he says, what was that? Asking Seth why he came out. And Seth said that he wasn't going to let Miz run his mouth about him. And for a second, I think that this, maybe I'm reading too much into it, but I think that the this, the guy who plays Dean Ambrose, I have no idea what his real name is, but he is such a good actor because I, I feel like for a moment he was hurt because Seth immediately says that the reason he came out was because Miz had insulted him, which is, you know, obviously why he had come out. But he could have at least pretended that he had come out to help Dean. So he doesn't even pretend for a second. He doesn't even give the courtesy of lying to say that he had come out because Dean was getting attacked by three people. He says that he came out um, to protect his reputation, which um, Dean ridicules him because he says that he has this good reputation to protect now, which Seth doesn't actually have a good reputation. He's done nothing to merit being a face at all. He's still very heelish um, and really, by all rights, should be a heel. I'm not exactly sure in what world he's a face other than he's um, attacking heels at the moment. But uh, Dean has a great reaction to it. It's an amazing performance. I loved everything about it. He literally says a line, there ain't going to be no shield reunion to massive boos. But it's great. That's exactly how Dean should feel. I um, was thrilled with the segment. I loved it. I actually feel like rewinding and watching it again. And then after that, uh, the women's match starts. Um, it's been pretty standard so far. Bailey has not turned heel yet. But I, I feel like she's going to. But probably not in this episode. But at some point. We'll see. The match ends with... Bailey pinning Alexa with a roll-up, and you have um, a pretty funny, shocked reaction from Nia and Alexa. I just thought it was kind of funny because Nia was on the outside dealing with Sasha, but Nia was so surprised that they lost, it kind of cracked me up. And then Bailey and Sasha celebrated, and that was the end of the segment. So the last segment was nothing but a video package of the Braun Roman 
match where um, Roman murdered Braun. <laughs> and then Booker, hilariously, Booker says that Roman did exactly what he said he was going to do, which is take put Braun in an ambulance and then take him to hell. And then he says, but he came this close, which is just a great way of implying that Roman almost murdered Braun. Also, it's great in the video package to see Roman in slow motion, like walking away like he was a drunk driver, like fleeing the scene, which is what it what it looked like, which is pretty great. I was excited about that segment. I loved it. I'm really excited about it. So I was, it was a great, great video package. And Kurt Angle's expressions are money. It's such a good job acting concerned about Braun. It was, it was great. It was a great segment. I'm really excited to see what happens next with Braun and Roman. I'm a huge Roman fan, though. I'm a huge fan of both guys, but I love Roman Reigns. And nothing's ever going to stop me from loving Roman Reigns. I don't care what anybody says. I don't care what he does. I don't care how many matches he wins. I don't care how many titles he holds. I'm never going to stop being a Roman fan. I, I can't even imagine what it would take for me to stop being a Roman Reigns fan. I can't even contemplate what it would be that would make me stop loving that guy. and don't think it'll ever happen. The last segment was a match between Goldust and R-Truth, which I didn't care about at all. But seeing it reminded me that in the segment right before it, I had forgotten that there was a Goldust promo where he does the movie quote and then talks about how he doesn't like R-Truth. The match was all right, I guess. I don't know. Um, I find it hard to um, pay attention to it. The crowd didn't seem that interested in either. I just don't like R-Truth or Goldust, and I don't think I ever will. The way I was talking about Roman, it's kind of like they're the opposite of that. So I don't think I'm ever going to like Goldust or R-Truth, and I can't imagine why I would ever like them or what they could possibly do to win me over at this point. I haven't liked Goldust, um, like, ever. So, and I've never liked R-Truth, ever. And any of their... Anything they've ever done, I'm, I've never been okay with any of it. So, yeah, I was just not interested. Maybe other people would have thought it was great. It's hard to say. But it was kind of funny. The funny thing was that Booker talked about how our truth kind of has it coming. Oh, by the way, I'm, I really like Booker as a commentator. When he, if he really does get replaced by David Otunga, I'm going to be so upset because I think Booker's doing such a great job. But Booker was talking about how our truth had promised they would win tag team championships and then they didn't so it makes sense that Goldust would have turned on him I'm trying to explain it to Michael and Goldust sorry Booker said that when he was partners with Goldust they were champions and Michael said are you trying to say that you're better than R-Truth and I thought Booker T showed an incredible amount of restraint by not saying that he was immeasurably better than R-Truth and there's no standard that you could possibly assess somebody and then not assess the Booker T as superior to our truth in every way. So it's very surprising that our uh, Booker T didn't say anything. Booker T basically ignored it, which a very admirable, way more restraint than I would have been able to, to show. So kudos to Booker T. He's doing an amazing job. He's a great commentator. I love him. So the last segment was Kurt Angle coming out to give an update on Ron, which is that he doesn't have an update on Ron. So that's kind of sad. I hope he's okay. Poor Braun Strowman. And then uh, Brock came out. Paul Heyman came out. Uh, Roman comes out. 
Then Joe comes out. Joe is very intense, is much better at cutting promos than either Brock or Roman. So much, much better. Like a million times better. Now, I I do love Roman, but Joe is just so much better at um, talking. Then it really like kind of pulls you on Joe's side. And also Joe is obviously should be number one contender and Roman should not be number one contender. It doesn't make any sense that Roman would be number one contender. But they, I mean, especially when he lost his match. I mean, he lost the match last night. This is what I was thinking when I was watching it last night, is that Roman loses. It makes no sense that he'd be number one contender. But somehow, um, I don't really know based on what, but Kurt Angle decides to give um, a number one contender match between Joe and Roman, which will be next week. And uh, it's probably going to be triple threat. Because we've already seen Roman versus Brock. We've already seen Joe versus Brock. So, obviously, and the best thing to do would be a triple threat. would probably be the best match. And so that's probably what's going to happen. I mean, we'll have to see, though. And um, maybe that's just too obvious, and they'll do something different. Now, uh, the... trying to think I think I'm forgetting something that else happened on the segment but I guess not I guess it was just this number one contender ship in the announcement for next week oh this is what I forgot so um, at the end of it Corey gets a text and unexpectedly leaves um, confusing Booker and Michael so they're going to continue the uh, Kurt Angle texting thing um, I think that um they also made a reference to it. Paul Heyman told Kurt Angle that he has personal problems over the text and wants uh, Kurt Angle just to deal with that. Also, Paul Heyman said that he wasn't there for a WWE creative meeting, which I thought was kind of a strange thing to say. I don't understand why. I guess creative maybe is the technical term for it, but I think it was kind of strange that you would call it creative meeting when you're under the pretense that you're booking a match or you're trying to create a match I guess create a match I don't know I just thought it was kind of funny that it called it creative like if it's real then what would you be creating Paul like you're the character so why would you be referencing creative I don't know okay that was all my thoughts on that segment so the last segment begins with Kurt Angle nearly in tears over the text um, the mysterious text that only Corey also knows about because Corey's receiving the same text. It's kind of like a Pretty Little Liars, um, but less confusing. Then makes more sense and shorter, so it'll be better. I guess they're ending the storyline next week. Kurt Angle said he's going to go public, which is kind of ridiculous because if you've decided to go public, why wouldn't you just do it right away? Why wait till next week? But, um, I don't know, maybe there'll be an explanation for it, who knows. So they're going to announce next week the, the secret. And uh, then there was a cruiserweight match, uh, tag match, that's in progress at the commercial break. It's uh, Tazawa and Cedric versus Noam and Neville. Tazawa's doing a pretty good job. Um, it's, it's pretty good wrestling. 
Um, and then there's storylines involved with everybody, so it's pretty good. I don't watch 205 Live. I just have I have been hard enough time keeping up with Raw and SmackDown, so I haven't watched 205 Live. I'm, I'm just probably good. I wish I had more time to watch it or it was more convenient to watch. It's kind of hard to watch things when they're just on the network. Is It's just another step. I mean, if it was just on normal TV, I might be able to watch it more, but... I haven't figured out how to make that a part of my life yet. And now I'm so behind, I would feel like I would want to catch up. And so that's a lot of work. So I guess it's unfeasible. I wouldn't be able to catch up at any point. I guess I should just start watching it if I wanted to, but it's a lot of work. The Cruiserweight match ends with Tazawa pinning Neville. So he's has justification for the title shot. And Titus is now just a full-fledged baby face, which I was kind of surprised by. That was kind of an effortless move to be from a heel to a face. So that was pretty good work. It was surprising. I didn't think Titus had it in him. But, yeah, the crowd was pretty happy that Tozawa won, and Titus did a good job celebrating with him and Cedric. And that was the end of the segment. The last segment was pretty uneventful. It was a promo with or an interview with Seth and uh, Charlie Caruso and then or he just said he was going to get revenge on Bray Wyatt for Bray Wyatt uh, putting his thumb in his eye at the match last night and then Bray Wyatt cut a promo um, saying that <laughs> Seth would Seth sins would never be forgiven because of his betrayal and that he took the best parts of Seth Rollins last night and all that's left is sin and regret, which is pretty classic. And then Bray came out and that was the end of the segment. So the last two segments were the Bray-Seth match, which was a pretty good match. Bray ends up winning, which is a pretty big relief as I'm excited to see Seth Rollins lose. And then at the end of it, at the end of the match, um, Miz, Bo, and Curtis come out and they surround the ring Nexus style, which is, I'm sure other people have done it before Nexus, but I always remember, I always think of Nexus when I see it. So they surround the ring, um, then come in and start attacking uh, Seth. And then at that point, you're just um, waiting around for Dean to finally come out and rescue him, and he does. And then Dean's acting crazy and grabs a chair and beats up Miz with the chair. Um, and then the, it just kind of fades away and you don't get to see Seth. You kind of see Seth just being surprised, but you don't see Seth and Dean interact. Uh, then it cuts to the back and Kurt Angle's on the phone talking to somebody about his mystery angle and says that the two of them will tell the truth together and he tells whoever he's talking to that he loves them and they have nothing to be ashamed of. So I'm sure it'll be something swervy and will have misinterpreted his phone call and it'll be something other than like some sort of romantic entanglement. It might be one of his kids or something. Who knows? I'm not going to spend any energy trying to guess what the mystery angle is for Kurt Angle. I have no idea. And I'm not even really that interested. Maybe the reveal will change my mind right now. I, I don't really care. I did think it was a really good episode of Raw. I enjoyed it. I had no seg There's no segments that I didn't like. And the only thing that I was like a little bit disinterested in was all the 
gold dust our truth stuff but it wasn't really that bad it was just like a couple segments that I mean just like one and a half segments that I was less interested in than everything else but other than that it was really good I mean the cruiserweight match was really good the Seth Brave match was really good there weren't actually that many matches on the show really I mean the women's match was fine so and like I really liked a lot of the segments Especially all the Dean Seth stuff was really great. I loved the Miz segments, all the Dean Seth stuff. And I liked the Roman Joe and Brock segment a lot. So I liked it all. It was pretty good. And, of course, the video package for Braun. And I just thought that Braun wasn't on the show. I was hoping he would show up. But I guess he um, is trying to get medical care from some sort of, like, black alley veterinarian or something since he wouldn't go to the real hospital. According to the according to the show, but it was a good episode of Raw.